Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise the Lord. Now, before we jump into today's message, let's open up today with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come bringing illumination of the scriptures. Let it be transformed into our daily bread. Now, Father, we thank you that your word is the food upon which we live by. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And before we jump into the message, um, I trust and pray that there are many of you still on the prayer journey with me early in the morning, going for 31 days of uninterrupted prayer, where every day you get your prayer time in. Praise God. And of course, I know that there are others uh, who are endeavoring to make it 77 days with uninterrupted prayer. That is, you every day you get your prayer time in, minimum one hour. Praise God. Jesus said, could you not tarry? One hour, and that was a reference to uh, spending time with God in prayer. So we are continuing on that journey. Amen. May God's grace continue to be upon you as you are seeking the Lord daily. Praise God. Now, let's talk today along the lines of the anointing for battle, the breaker anointing. Praise God. And I know just the word battle sometimes causes uh, some believers to get a little bit nervous. Um, uh, while we all have a peaceful side, we uh, kind of like King David, who wrote many beautiful Psalms, Psalm 23, about laying down in the green grass and things like that. You know, we also see the side of David where he was a great warrior. And there is a side of Jesus where there is a battle element in him that we need to uh, be aware of. So, while we don't necessarily like battles, they are part of our existence. They are a part of our journey with the Lord, and it's not something that we can get away from. Now, the good thing is, is that in every battle, God has made provision for you to triumph. Woo! Praise God. Think about that. That's very, very powerful. So, there's no need to worry or have any type of anxiety because your victory is in the word of God already assured. Praise the Lord. So while our battles are real, much more real is our victory and our triumph in Jesus Christ. I would like for you to see this in the book of second Corinthians chapter two. Let's drop down to verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always, is that not incredible? And God meant what he said and said what he meant. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So God always will lead you in triumph in Christ. God has never planned one failure for you ever. There is always a way over with God. There's always a way through. Now, it is in the Lord but that availability to triumph is there in Christ. How often? Always. And that is tremendously inclusive for the total victory package. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, it is God who causes us to triumph. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So while we engage various trials or struggles solely for the fact that there's a devil out there who does not like God, does not like believers, and he rules over a fallen world system, nevertheless, there is victory and triumph for us. So we engage in faith with the enemy, but God is the one that gives us the victory, and he'll do it every single day. Time. And you need to know that. Praise the Lord. When I grew up in church, we had what I would call more of a doctrine of defeatism. Now, we did admit, and it was often preached from the pulpit, that one day when we died and went to be with God in heaven, then we would have victory. 
then we would have final peace and rest. And of course, there's no arguing that because heaven is a place where uh, we go as overcomers to be with the Lord. But what we did is we pretty much regulated our earthly life to a life of struggles, to a life of many defeats. And if the preacher would have got up and would have read 2 Corinthians chapter 2 from the pulpit, he maybe could have lost half the church members because they had not only believed in defeatism, they were proud of it. <laughs> and so we also accompanied our defeatism theology with songs. So instead of the songs being in praise of God, and a few of them were, but most of the songs, um, I don't know, maybe they could even make it uh, in some of our country western music today. I mean, the country western music, the joke is, if you play the country western song backwards, you get your marriage back, you get your dog back, you get your job back, and you get your health back. Because most of the songs in country western, they're actually... It's worse than rock and roll music. Why? Because a lot of times in rock and roll, they're just screaming. You can't even tell what they're saying. (laughs) But with country western music, you can understand the words, and almost all of them are sad. Uh, They carry a tone of defeatism and things along that line. But we would sing songs like that in church, and we would put everything good off until the point we got to heaven. But my friends, uh, these are things that if you were raised in what I would call religious, traditional, evangelical type circles, while, yes, we thank God that we heard the gospel and got saved, and if we got beat up and pulverized through life and at least made made it to heaven, praise God, it sure beats going to hell. Amen. A million times over. Uh, and in innumerable times over. But the fact of the matter is, is that God has made provision for us to have triumph in life through Jesus. Praise the Lord. So here's something that you need to know. Battles do not mean that you have missed God. Difficult trials or experiences that you go through where the devil tries to uh, pull his tricks and shenanigans, most often through people because he works through the children of disobedience. Uh, These battles don't mean that you've missed God. In many times, they are an indicator that your walk with God is upright and that you are on the right destiny course. Praise the Lord. Amen. Look at this, for example, in the book of Revelation. Uh, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 3. Let's drop down to verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. Now, the heaven that we're going to, that we're on the way to, the heaven that we're heading towards is a place of overcomers. To him who overcomes, whoo, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So here's a question. If you have no battles in life, then how can you ever overcome anything? (laughs) Now think about that. If we are classified by Jesus as overcomers, but yet we've never been in any battles and we've never overcome anything, then how can we be called Overcomers. So, my friends, the very fact that you have battles many times is an indicator that your walk with God is pleasing to Him, and the enemy does not want you to succeed, and he's trying to impede your progress. But the good news is, is that God has made provision for us to triumph always in Christ Jesus. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You need, to, you need to see yourself, not only when you get to heaven, but here on earth as being identified by God as an overcomer. And you need to have an overcomer mentality because that is a biblical mentality. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. You know, from the very beginning of the Lord's life, even before his ministry, the beginning of his life upon earth, it was one battle in a sense after another. I mean, it's like no longer or or no no sooner than after he's born, 
just right after that, his parents have to take him and leave immediately and go down to Egypt to hide. Why? Herod wants to kill him. And you, you, you might think that if you were Joseph or Mary, that maybe you could sit back and go, why is our life so complicated? How come we're going through all these battles and trials? Well, it's simple because you don't have an ordinary son. That son of yours is the savior of the world. It's God in the flesh. And therefore, because of that, you will encounter things because the enemy doesn't like you. But that's okay. God has still made provision for victory. And you'll notice that every single trial, every single challenge they had, they overcame and they overcame every single one. God's up to the task to put you over, but you must understand that he wants you to have victory and triumph in your life. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God today. So battles in many ways, are a necessary rung on the ladder on your way up, praise the Lord, that you pass through, leading you along the journey to where you are going. Let's look at this in the book of 1 John. Praise God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God, and that's, of course, why you need to be born again. Mm-mm. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, some people today that are tied up in certain forms of bondage, whether it's sexual bondage or other types of uh, sin addictions, sometimes they say, well, I was born like this. Well, uh, in, many, in many of those situations, I don't argue with them because they don't understand that. But I would say that if somebody says, well, I was born like this, just simply tell them, well, that's why you need to be born again. <laughs> Woo. Amen. Praise the Lord. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So you have world overcoming faith on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. So there obviously are obstacles that you're going to have in life. That's why you have this world overcoming faith so that you can apply it. You know, I, uh, for many years in high school and uh, uh, college and things like that, I ran uh, track. And while I was not a sprinter, I did enjoy watching the high hurdles and seeing these men jump across these hurdles while sprinting full speed. But see, the catch is, is that you have to clear every hurdle and get across the finish line. And it's not until you've done that are you awarded for the victory. But there are hurdles in life. What do we do? Complain about them or just sit around and talk about them all day? No, we go over them. Hallelujah. There are things that are meant to stop you or hold you back. But with the Lord, there is always a way over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I want you to see something quite amazing in Psalm 24. Praise the Lord. Psalm 24, and let's begin in verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Now, we like to talk about Jesus as the King of glory. And the glory of God is a fascinating subject. But let's go further with this. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Are you ready for this? The Lord mighty in battle. My friends, you need to know Jesus. The Lord who is strong and mighty the Lord who is mighty in battle. Oh, oh, easy, Pastor Stephen, that word battle. I'm still a little bit allergic to it. Jesus is not. Jesus is not afraid of battle. He's never lost a single battle ever. And even when he was crucified on the cross, he laid his life down willingly. They never could have crucified him or killed him had he not done that. And you could tell who still had the power. And he's he is willingly giving his life 
And again, you, you could tell who was really in charge. Uh, don't think for a moment it was the devil. It was Jesus. Because when they came to arrest him in the garden of Gethsemane with the religious leaders and uh, carrying a bunch of clubs and lanterns looking like a bunch of thugs, with uh, Judas uh, pinpointing, uh, sh- revealing to them who really is Jesus. They go, you know, get dark and in the night and stuff like that. And uh, faces can all look the same and things along that line. So Judas was there. And uh, uh, Jesus said, who, who, who are you looking for? And, uh, you know, they, they respond, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I am. And what happened to all of them? All those big, tough soldiers and all those proud religious leaders. What happened to all of them? They all fell backwards. <laughs> you know what's weird? They got up and kept right on doing what they're doing. You're talking about dense. You're talking about some people spiritually that are really in the dark. <laughs> Nobody got up and said, hey, what, what just happened to us? What was that power that just laid us on our back and knocked us off of our feet? Mm-mm. I'm telling you, Jesus could have slipped out of the corner of that garden of Gethsemane. He could have gone off the backside of that mountain. They never would have found him. There were shadows and bushes everywhere. But he stood up and stood right in front of them and said, I'm he. And wow, uh, the power of God that came out of him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the Lord is mighty in battle, and he wants to go before you and set you free in any area where there would be any bondage or there would be anything of the enemy operating, maybe even in a mini camp in your life. It's time for all of to be thrown out and driven out by the power of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So when the Lord's spirit is resting on you, barriers, hurdles, so often begin to even melt and back off and begin to collapse and break as the Lord begins to come on the scene. Now, the anointing can be on you, and as you move forward, then the Lord comes in even stronger, and the next thing you know, the thing has been burnt to smithereens, completely gone and destroyed. Praise God. And I'll tell you, the Lord can come in so strong that the enemy trembles and runs in terror. The Lord can come in so strong with his presence and power that the earth literally shakes and trembles. Praise God. And I see the Lord coming into your life and making your life beautiful like the Garden of Eden, the way it's supposed to be, not some barren, dried up desert wasteland. No, but a place of beauty, a place where, where people look at you even if you've come out of gross darkness, they can't tell. They can't tell. You know, there was a minister recently ministering. I was in the meeting, and the man said, you know, there was at one point in my life when I was a full-blown heroin addict. And you know what? You look at that man today, there's not a trace of that on him anywhere. You never could guess it. You never could guess it. Why? The Lord completely set him free. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, maybe today you're at a place where something needs to be broken through. Maybe you're at a standstill in your business, and you need the Lord to come and touch it. You need the power of God to come on the scene. My friends, you need to have a talk with the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the mind of God concerning this situation that you're facing in your life. I'm telling you, God's too much for the devil. This thing cannot stay in your life anymore. Don't permit it to, especially when you have access to the power of God. Now, the Holy Spirit wants you to get to know the Lord, the King of glory, in a way in which God comes in strong and mighty, and you realize that the Lord Jesus really is today, in this hour, in this moment, still mighty in battle. Mm-mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And let's go to verse 9 and 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us. You might be thinking how. The scripture says, through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And verse 11, the latter part of that verse says, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So what does the spirit of God do? He takes these things of God, or what we would call the knowledge of God, revelatory knowledge about God, not just intellectual knowledge, although you need to have a good database and working knowledge of the word of God, but he takes revelatory knowledge about God and reveals it to you so that you can experience triumph in your life. Mm, Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit, he's going to primarily act on the word of God that is on the inside of you. That's why you need to read the Bible, study the Bible, become very familiar with the Bible, because the Holy Spirit is going to so often act on the Word of God that's in you. Now, it it is possible for Him to give a word to you of Scripture that maybe you've never read before. But then again, if you've read the whole Bible, you probably uh, have read it, but uh, it didn't make an impression. But the Holy Spirit can pull up the word that you have, that you have already uh, studied and have read. He can pull that up and uh, make it come alive to you. Praise God. And it is possible in some cases where he can even pull up a scripture that you've never heard of before. Mm -mm. Now I've had the Holy Spirit uh, speak various scriptures to me. And while I was familiar with them, I was not so familiar with them that I could just quote the chapter and verse but I knew it was in the Bible. Usually I knew what book it was in and I could track it down. And that's the value of knowing the word of God. And of course we see this laid out very clearly by Jesus in the gospel of John chapter eight. And let's drop down to verse 31. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. Verse 31 Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, of course, that does take some effort to abide in his word, to meditate on what he said, to take it to heart, to get it into your spirit. And then he says the next statement, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, I, like you, have heard this scripture misquoted before. I have heard people say the truth will make you free. But that's not what he said. He said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's truth that you know. That's what makes you free. Mm -mm. And the Holy Spirit, again, he's going to act on the word that's inside of you, He's going to open up the word of God to you, open up to you things about God. And what will it do? It'll set you free. I'm telling you, you need to know that Jesus is mighty in battle, in your battles. Mm -mm -mm. Praise God. You know, there is a time in your life where while you may be defensive and you want to be a nice person, there is a time after a while you realize I can't live like this perpetually. I've got to go on the offense if I really want to get the results and get into the fullness of what God has for me. You know, even with the modern day nation of Israel, for example, with the iron dome that's able to shoot down rockets that terrorist organizations fire into the land of Israel, sometimes even from the West Bank, of course, we saw recently on the news that the IDF, the army, had to go into Jenin, uh, there in the West Bank of Israel, and dismantle a very well-organized terrorist organization that was up to no good. And uh, what did the IDF do? They went in there and killed them. Why? It's an untenable position to constantly be on the defense. You, we can't, you can't live like that where all you're doing is shooting down their rockets Eventually, you do have to have those moments where very strategically you go after them 
instead of just always trying to defend them killing you all the time. You have to go after them. Praise God. And God wants you to go after the enemy and do something about the enemy's tactics or do something about the thing that the enemy has tried to bring into your life and just plant it there. No, no, no. Drive it out. It's time for battle. You fight the good fight of faith and you go into battle. And the Lord will show himself very, very strong on your behalf. Woo, praise God. He's mighty in battle. And he wants to demonstrate this to you. And he's going to. Woo, praise God. So it is the knowledge of the truth that raises a standard in your life against every work of the enemy. Because when you know the truth, you're like, oh, no, 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 devil, you, you might be able to pull that off on somebody else. You're not pulling that off on me. And I can see what you're trying to do. So therefore, I will engage you in battle. Because I'm not about to sit back and get steamrolled, especially when I know what's going on here. Paul the Apostle said, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Praise the Lord. Amen. God has always made provision for your triumph. Praise God. Amen. Now, it was the knowledge that Paul and Silas walked in, the knowledge of, of, of the God that they served, that actually empowered them to do something crazy. They were empowered after having been, been beaten with rods and brutally thrown into a jail and their feet put in stocks, they were still empowered to, are you ready for this? This is crazy. They were empowered to sing praises to God. And you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, what in the world would inspire them to rise up and do something like that in such a dark hour? I mean, it actually says in the book of Acts chapter 16 that it was midnight. So it, technically, it was midnight. You understand they didn't have watches back then or atomic clock that they could sit their watch to. But it was that they could still judge the hours of the night. But it was midnight, and that's also very prophetic. At the darkest time, when it seems all hope is lost, and you're probably going to die, what do they do? Well, because of their knowledge of God... Their knowledge, which, which of course is an understanding of God through his word, they began to sing praises. Why? They knew the power of praise and they also loved God. They started singing to him and the prisoners, the prisoners were listening to them. That means they weren't really quiet about it. They were obviously lifting up their voices, lifting up their praises. What an unusual thing to do after having been beaten with rods while singing to the Lord. And what happened? The Lord who is mighty in battle came on the scene and he actually came into that prison. And it says that the earth shook. Woo, praise God. And every man's chains fell off and all of the prison gates opened instantly. Now, I want to share something that reveals even further how well that Paul and Silas knew their God. Did you ever notice that when those jail doors opened, that Paul didn't say to Silas, this is our time. Let's make a run for it while we have an opportunity. No. Matter of fact, the jailer, when he saw that all the prison doors were open, grabs his sword and he's about to kill himself because he's going to be brutally killed by the, uh, by the Roman officer. Because if you let the prisoners escape, it's your life for theirs. If one gets away, there's going to be exchange. You're going to die in that person's place. And he's like, I'm, I'm just good as a goner. So no need uh, being uh, humiliated and uh, having extra punishment heaped on me. I'll just go ahead and kill myself. He's in the process of pulling the sword out to kill himself. And Paul says, stop. Now watch this. He says, we're all here. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'd have, been, I'd have been two miles down the road already. Who cares what happens to that jailer? Paul was able to lead the jailer to Christ. Wow. Oh, look at this. Look how simple it is. I've got to read it. It's too good. Acts chapter 16, verse 29. Actually, verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here, all of them all of them just sitting there with the doors wide open and the chains off. And they're still sitting there in that peace, 
calmness and serenity of God. Mm-mm. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And look at how simple Paul's response is. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And he got saved. And then his whole family believed on Jesus as well. They all got saved. Amen. <laughs> Such incredible, like out of this world composure. Why? They knew the Lord is strong in battle and they don't need to run. Hey, when God wants to open the door, even if it somehow got closed again, God can open it again. He could open any door. There's always a way forward with God. God's going to get you out of any situation that does not reflect his beauty and glory. He's going to get you out of it. Praise the Lord. So you need to be expecting the Lord mighty in battle to show up and get in on your situation and give you victory in every single area of your life. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It takes an unusual knowledge of God to sing when you're facing certain death. Praise God. But it's your knowledge of God and the Holy Spirit illuminating the scriptures, what you're to do in that moment that does what? That produces victory. Praise God. Maybe you need to sing a song. Maybe you, maybe you can't even get a hold of a hymn book. Maybe that you don't even have a cell phone, so you can't pull up a worship song. But you know what? You can just, with you and the Holy Spirit, create one right on the spot, and start singing a song to Jesus, amen, about his mighty uh, power to set free, his power to deliver. Thank you, Jesus. His power to be mighty in battle. And just create it, start singing it to him. Hallelujah. You don't need a full orchestra. You, You just need to open your mouth and sing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's look at this in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 21, excuse me, Luke chapter 11 and verse 21. Jesus said, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Mm -mm. Now, the stronger one is obviously the one who overcomes. The thing that is important for believers to understand is that no natural man in his natural ability alone can overcome the devil. Because from a natural perspective, he is a spiritual being and he is therefore stronger. As a matter of fact, a man without Christ is completely subject to the devil and actually in the devil's kingdom, and the devil rules over all of the children of disobedience, whether they know it or not. But when you are in Christ, you have access to strength that is stronger than your enemy. I need to say that again. When you are in Christ, and as a believer, you are, then you have access to strength that is stronger than your enemy. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the book of Micah chapter two. This is a messianic chapter with very clear reference to Jesus, our Messiah. Let's go to uh, the book of Micah. It's called the minor prophet And, uh, you know, you have the major prophets and the minor prophets. The word minor does not mean less importance. It simply means that the books are shorter. Okay. So, uh, this is a very important book with a very, um, beautiful illustration of Christ, our savior, Micah chapter two, let's go to verse 12. 
I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. The breaker will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Very interesting. Jesus, who is mighty in battle. Jesus is the breaker. Now, just a few days ago, we talked about the subject of the Lord of the breakthrough or the master of breakthroughs. But here we see that the Lord is the breaker and he will come up before them. This is a picture of God's people being led. It's like sheep flocking after their leader. And the rabbis consistently in their commentaries say that this is a reference to the Messiah, that the breaker is the Messiah. As a matter of fact, about a thousand years ago, there was a uh, Jewish commentator, very famous, that he's simply known as Rashi in the uh, yeshiva schools. He lived in France, brilliant man, great commentator on the Old Testament scriptures. He said that the breaker is the Savior who breaks the fences of thorns and the hedges of briars so that the sheep can get out. Praise God. And so that this shepherd king goes before them, breaking through this impassable barrier that the sheep on their own could never get out of. Praise God. You know, Jesus has broken every bit of power that Satan has. He has no authority. Satan has no authority over any believer because the breaker broke his power through his death, burial, resurrection, and mighty ascension into heaven. Jesus now holds all authority and he's a, he has delegated his authority to the church. That's you and I. Praise God. So Jesus, the breaker, broke the power of Satan, broke the power of sin, so that sin no longer has dominion over you. Some of you need to know that. Uh, there are certain Christians, they, they make excuses for why they sin. Oh, Pastor Stephen, we all have our weaknesses. Well, Paul said that sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Why? Jesus broke its power. Woo, praise the Lord. Jesus broke the power of death. That even if you do die, uh, should uh, the Lord tarry, and not come back in our lifetime, and you live your life out and you die, Jesus broke the power of death in the sense that it no longer has a sting. There's no fear of it. It's just like walking through a curtain and then going over to the other side. Praise God. And not only that, but death couldn't hold him down. He rose from the dead. The firstborn to be raised from the dead. And he lives forevermore. So he broke the power of death. He broke the power of guilt and shame. So that not only when you put your trust in him, not only does he wash your sins away, but he has the power to remove guilt and shame. That's power. Mm -mm. Praise God. He has the power to terminate financial stagnation. He has the power to break debt because debt has a spiritual root and he has the power to break it. Mm. He has the power to break barrenness, the inability to conceive. He has all power and he's never lost a battle and he wants to help put you over in victory. Praise God. Praise the, praise the Lord. The breaker will come up before you. They will break out. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to break out? Maybe out of depression. Are you ready to break out of a, like, a, like a lethargy that has somehow come upon you? Are you ready to break out 
of some form or sickness or disease that the enemy tried to put on you. Maybe it's hereditary. Maybe it got passed down to you. Maybe you had some bad genes, so to speak. But with the blood of Jesus, you are a new creation. That in Greek literally means a new species. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus now overrides any defects in your genetic physical code. Mm -mm -mm. I'm telling you, there's provision. There's provision for you to triumph. Don't sit around licking your wounds, talking about how bad it is. No, let the Lord rise up and go before you and follow him as he leads you out. Follow him. He'll lead you out. He is the shepherd that leads you out. Mm -mm. This is a picture of nothing being able to hold the breaker back. Praise God. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them. In other words, he's, he's the one you're watching. He's the one that, that is leading, and you're just going to get right behind him and ride on his victorious coattails. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Praise God. My friends, you need to understand that the gospel is a power gospel. Praise God. The apostle Paul said, this gospel is the power of God. Praise God. This is a strong man's gospel. You have Jesus, who is the breaker. Praise the Lord. And you need to ride on that breaker anointing. Lift your hands right now. Father, I thank you for those that are watching. God wants to touch eyes and heal eyes. Maybe you have cataracts. Maybe you have glaucoma. Maybe you're blind. Maybe you're in a state where you're losing your vision. Put your hands on your eyes right now. I release the healing power of God into your eyes now. Receive. Receive the breaker's power. Jesus' anointing flowing now right through this camera, into your eyes. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shout, I receive it. Amen. Praise God. Let any, every form of financial lack be terminated right now through the breaker's anointing in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody, you want to get married, and you haven't, you haven't been able to get married. And the enemy was said, uh, has said, like in mocking and jeering tones, it's not going to happen for you. And maybe even others have said it. Maybe even have overheard family members saying, well, it looks like that person's never going to get married. The breaker comes forth now to break off that what we would call inability to, to get a spouse. God's breaking it right now. Receive. Amen. 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 And be ready. Present yourself. Be ready to present yourself. Amen. Praise God. I always tell ladies that want to get married to a godly man that if you're not wearing a nice perfume, you're not serious about getting married. If you're not brushing your teeth and making yourself look nice, you're just playing games. Faith is an act that always has corresponding works. So the breaker is going before you. Amen. So make sure you're ready because you're about to meet your Mr. Right. Praise God. And men, praise the Lord. You must have yourself ready also. If you're single and wanting to get married, amen. Start pulling things together. Get all the slack out of your life. Amen. The breaker is going before you. Praise God. Take it seriously and uh, embrace your responsibilities. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving. Jesus is is the great warrior king. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. There is no principality, power, bondage, addiction, or chain of the enemy that is stronger than the Lord Jesus. He is the Lord mighty in battle. Glory, glory. I sense every bit of frustration and maybe in a particular area in your life being eradicated because you're going to see that area come alive with the beauty of God. And you'll know why you've been visited by the breaker.
Praise God. Now say, Lord Jesus, mighty breaker, come and visit me with your power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We serve a mighty God. My friends, we serve a mighty, mighty God. Praise God. Father, bless your people. Strengthen them, O God. And I thank you that you are making your word alive to them concerning the breaker anointing. Praise you, O God. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody that I just prayed for, you've been healed. God has touched you, and you realize it's gone. Praise God. Amen. We give the glory to the Lord. Amen. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. I want to hear your testimony of what God has done for you. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's just as simple as that jailer who said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Put your faith and trust in Jesus right now. Let me lead you in a prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I put my faith in you. Step into my life right now. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Thank you for saving me. You are the mighty breaker. Thank you for setting me free from sin. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The weight is gone. The weight is gone. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord Jesus. The weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight, the burden of sin has been gone. Praise the Lord. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's moving right now. Amen. Let's take Holy Communion together. Praise the Lord. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's pray. If you don't have unleavened bread like these little wafers, just grab you a piece of bread or a little cracker or something like that and some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you, O God, that you have made provision for us to walk in health and to walk in overflow abundance. And we thank you, O God, that we realize that there are challenges, even challenges to many aspects of our Christian walk, but we thank you that in Jesus there's provision. So, Father, we just thank you. We receive the Lord's body now, knowing that in Christ we can always triumph over all of the works of the enemy. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Always leads us in triumph in Christ. I like the rest of the verse. And, th and through us, that would be the body of Christ, diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. So you can see why you and I are letters, almost like a letter representing the gospel, that others who don't know God read and when they read us or see our lives, if they see sadness, defeat, uh, groaning, and uh, complaining, excuse-making, that's what they read, and it's a misrepresentation of the gospel. But when they see triumph and victory, when they see people praising God in the face of persecution and in the face of harsh challenges, they think, wow, that person's got something we certainly don't have. Amen. And then, of course, when they see God step in, who is mighty in battle, then they see the gospel presented, that the truths that we proclaim are real. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. 
We give you praise, Father. We give you praise. We thank you that you're working. You're transforming your people into overcomers. You love us too much to let us go home to heaven with half-baked testimonies, with incompleted destinies, and with failure-ridden experiences. No, Father, you want us to have victory because victory is sweet. That's our portion. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, and we stand our ground on your word, and we see your kingdom advanced around the world, through our lives and through the earth, so that the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus together. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. As these messages are blessing you, let me give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry. I'll put the information up on the screen now. You can give by text, or if you'd like, you could give online, or you can mail an offering in. Your giving helps us to literally reach around America and around the world with the good news of Jesus with the truth of the power gospel. Amen. And I want to say thank you for helping me to do our part to fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. And we have, we have our responsibility and our share in this. Amen. And we're very serious about taking the gospel to all of the earth. And it's a big planet. We're going to do all we can. And my friends, God is working mightily through us to do that. Thank you for being a partner with this ministry where we are literally reaching uh, people all over the world. Amen. And we're partners in this together. And so when we go to heaven, uh, the rewards that will be handed out, we share in them together. I'm thrilled to have you as my partner. I'm thrilled to have you as my online church member because everything good that's happening, we share in it together. Amen. And that just makes me and Pastor Kelly and our entire team so happy, <laughs> so happy we can hardly stand it. Amen. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. We're a mighty army together. Amen. Glory, glory to God. I, I see you as like a part of the Gideon army. I see you as a part of like the great remnant body. It's like God told the prophet Elijah, I've still, I've still got 7,000 who've never bowed their knee nor kissed that filthy statue of Baal. Amen. And so God has his that are totally sold out to see the kingdom further. And of course, that's why there's battles because the enemy doesn't want that. But with every battle, we know in Jesus, there's victory. Amen. And we are enjoying the sweet victories in Jesus. He keeps producing victory after victory. So thank you for standing with us. Thank you for your prayers for myself and my wife as we stand on the front lines preaching the gospel around the world. We love you and we're praying for you. So have a wonderful week. And remember, the Lord wants to reveal himself to you as the breaker. He wants to break through for you and break that thing that needs to get removed. And he's going to do it. Be looking for him to move. And as he does, like he did with the sheep there in Micah 2, 13, get right behind him and follow that anointing. He'll walk you right out of it. Watch him do it. God bless you. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.